received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, Welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Welcome, fight enthusiasts, to a remote connection, location, edition of Gamblue's Bout Business Podcast. Today's fight Target UFC Las Vegas 81, Yusuf versus Barboza. First order of business, I want to apologize. I barely have internet connection. I'm in a very remote part of Arizona, New Mexico, and we're doing the best we can to present this week's releases in order to try and derive some profit from UFC Las Vegas 81. Couple of announcements. Please check the About Business tab on the Gamblue webpage. There you'll see a little bit of a chronology as well as a table of contents as to what's coming up in the next few months. But in the short version, beginning October 31st, the About Business Sneak Teat podcast is going to be broadcast on Tuesdays, and it's simply going to be an opening line report for each week's UFC card. We want everyone to be aware that we're going to try and complete our podcast business profile by an early review of the lines on a Tuesday, and then the final Bout Business podcast releases on a Saturday. Now, we also have to address getting cocky and not respecting the process, or more importantly, not respecting athletes in the UFC. And that guilty party is none other than yours truly. Last week, we were having a banner week rolling into Grant Dawson in the main event against Bobby Green. And none of the listeners, of course, you guys all have too much class to hit me with the Dawson loss. Yes, it was a surprise, but I gave Bobby Green no chance. I gave Bobby Green no respect in the fight, in the matchup with Dawson. I gave Bobby Green plenty of props, but I disrespected him in that I gave him no chance to win that fight. Any handicapper that does that is making a rookie mistake and has to be called out for it. So I'll call myself out for it. More importantly, I cost us, instead of a three, four, five unit profit night, the Bout Business podcast goes four and two, two losses on the Dawson side, by the way, we pick up 1.05 units. And the reason that math reads that way is because the Linz fight, the second part of our parlay with Marina Rodriguez, Linz fight gets canceled. The guy crumbled emotionally backstage before the fight. So the Marina minus 300 grades as a one unit win, you know, we pick up 0.30 of a unit, whoop de doo Bottom line is that's why the accounting reads that way. 
the Bout Business Podcast going into this event, 84 and 83, 23.48 units of profit, 14% ROI, and that's a plus 123 average win. Good numbers, but not great numbers. And we aspire to be great here. So let's start turning up the heat just a little bit, beginning with this card. Now, to review our futures is simple. We have Covington coming up here uh, in December. We got a minus 110. He's currently plus 110. So I'll take a little bit of a bruise for that one as well. We'll see where that fight ends up. I can't see Covington being an underdog by the time we get to fight time. And if he is, we may take another unit. In the other future, we basically have John Bones Jones, two units to win two units. If you look at the odds now, there's no way to make sense of that math unless you've been with us for a few months and have partaken in parlay legs leading up to Johnny Bones Jones to give us that market advantage. Now, we're caught up business. We're caught up with our futures. Now the focus becomes Las Vegas 81. And with that, we move right into round one. Round one. We're going into the late stages of the prelims. And yes, it's a 135-pound bantamweight fight between Cameron Simon from South Africa. He's shipping in, fighting Christian Rodriguez, known basically because he was the guy put in there to be the subject in front of Raul Rosas last out, and he kicked Rosas' ass. Rodriguez, for a 135-pound fight, Gets a pound to 136 to weigh in at. Shows up on the scale today at 140. Third time he's missed weight at this weight class. The kid can't make the weight. He clearly cheats. He had an hour to further cut weight. Chose not to. Chose instead to come on at that obtuse weight, missing the limit by four pounds. He gives away 25% of his money but he has advantage over Simon in that he has that weight and Simon primarily is going to want to grapple with him. Christian Rodriguez has the size. He opens 170 against Simon. Then Simon turned to close to even. That forced me to be nervous and position myself with a release on Simon earlier in the week, plus 110. He's currently plus 130. I'll give the uh, enthusiast listeners their own latitude as to whether you want to pull the trigger on Simon now or later, or if you really even want to do it. Because I'm committed to Simon plus 110 earlier in the week, I have to ride with that, and I will. I'll also ride with that price, even though it appears he'll go off higher than that. For listeners tuning in now, it's up to you whether you want to invest in him. Simon at 22 is a well-rounded, lethal fighter. But he's in there against a guy that's going to be unfairly heavier than he, 25 years old. And even though Simon's a few inches taller and longer, this is a fight that if I hadn't bet it now, I'd wonder if I would still release Simon. I don't like Rodriguez cheating, and I don't like that much weight cut. That said, Simon's taken the fight like a champion, and I've already released him. Round one, Cameron Simon, plus 110. 
Let's move right into round two. Round two's our parlay. I'm gonna cozy up to a couple of the nice ladies on this fight card. Early in the fight card on our first fight at 115 pounds, Emily Ducote and Ashley Yoder. Emily and Ashley. Ashley is a fade, eight and eight in the UFC. She's the kind of gal you'd love your son, at least at my age, I'd love my son to come home and introduce her to me because she's as pretty as a button and lively, vivacious, but she's been away from fighting. And on her best day, she's okay. She's tough as she can be, a decent striker, really seems to want to fight from the clinch, but she doesn't have overwhelming grappling or wrestling skills, even though I think in this fight, she may want to get this little buzzsaw Ducote down and on the ground and on top. I don't think she's going to be able to do it. Round two, Emily Ducote is leg one of a parlay, of course, because she's minus 395. I really like her via decision here because I give Yoder that much respect. This will be a one-sided Ducote decision, but we're just going to take her straight up because we're going to use her in the parlay and we're going to bounce right up to the co-main event where we have two outstanding and talented Brazilian fighters who I'm going to refer to by their first name, Jennifer Maia in one corner against Vivian, who I can't pronounce the last name correctly, so I won't even try. Vivian is strong. She's chiseled. She's the larger of the two gals. She's the more powerful of the two gals, but I don't think she's as well-rounded, as precise, and as uh, utilizes the same kind of movement, footwork, and evasive measures defensively as her opponent, Jennifer Maya. This is a, a bull against a matador. And I think in a three-round fight here, this thing has Maya written all over it via volume, angles, precision, and kicks. Vivianne is going to force forward and try and take Jennifer Maya's head off. And Maya's going to just have to be deft, defensive, and patient early in the fight to be able to slow Vivianne down and take her out later. Round two is our parlay. Ducote minus 395, Maya minus 155. One unit returns 1.06 of a unit. Now let's move into the maybe most exciting fight of the card. It's our round three. Round three, main card, Bantamweight fighters, two fighters with Hispanic heritage, both from Texas, both going to get it down. Jonathan Martinez, Adrian Yanez. I'm not the only one looking forward to this fight. On the one side, you got Yanez, fast, quick, really slick boxer. Yanez, young, willing, and maybe too willing. And by that, I mean he's more than willing to receive one in order for him to give one. And I think that has to start to change for young Adrian because that's what got him in trouble in his last fight against Rob Bach. I love Yanez on the bounce here off the loss to Font in a fight he stepped way up for. He had it going his way, 
stunned Font, lost his patience, went haywire, got KO'd. He'll come in more patient and measured in this fight against Jonathan Martinez, who, oh, by the way, is the epitome of a patient, measured fighter. Martinez has experience over Yanez. He comes in winning five fights in a row, and he features a lethal, brutal, numbing leg attack. Martinez, the more well-rounded fighter, and really, if we remember last week, fight enthusiasts, I tried to tie one of those Dawson parlays into Yanez. more I'm breaking down this fight, the more I think in, that Jonathan Martinez is the guy to beat here. And so with that kind of thought pattern, zigging and zagging from one fighter to the other, the decision on this fight and this round was quite easy. Round three, martinez Yanez over two and a half rounds plus 110. I don't see either of these two guys being taken out. I think Yanez on the bounce is going to show, and I think Martinez with his momentum is going to be right there. This thing's got decision written all over it, even though these two guys are finishers. Round three, over two and a half, plus 110. Now let's move right into round four. Round four. We hope to do damage. Yes, sir. T.J. Brown against Darren Elkins, 145-pound flyweight fight. T.J. Brown, guy showing a little bit of momentum, but boy, he's a fighter I've faded before. Good striker, good with his hands, good power, good movement. Has no takedown ability. In fact, it's 36%. And I think that's foundational in this fight against Elkins as well. T.J. Brown is the epitome of a fast front runner coming out in his fights, lethal, potent, and precise in those first six minutes. And then the next four, he slows, and then he gasses late. Another factor in our decision to take a long, hard look at Darren the Damage Elkins. We know about Elkins. Yeah, he's 39, and we've seen him have wars. Heck, you sneeze on the guy, and he opens a six-inch cut. We look at his last couple of fights. He beat Tristan Conley, loses to Cub Swanson in a fight that he got caught. Derek Minner, Edward Garioli, a couple of wins. His last fight, a loss against Jonathan Pierce. Jonathan Pierce is a killer. And there's no shame in that loss. In fact, I think it prepares him really well for this fight. Jonathan Pierce, that fight was a decision that Elkins fought him to. Now he goes into T.J. Brown, and Elkins is a guy that is a grappler. He is a mauler. He's going to want to get close, and he never, ever gasses out. T.J. Brown with that 36% takedown defense in his last fight got rear naked choked in the second round by a guy, Bill Aljo, that knew that he had to take him down. Elkins knows the same thing. Yeah, T.J. Brown's the younger man. Yeah, he's the stronger man. But I don't know if he's the better mixed martial artist. And I'm going to ride with the damage in round four. Darren Elkins, who opened at plus 190, he's been bet a little. Currently plus 165, Darren the Damage Elkins is round four's release, plus 165. Now let's move into round five. 
Yes, Flight Enthusiasts, round five, main event. And we're going to go a couple different ways here. Sadiq Yusuf, Edson Barboza. Great fight, great matchmaking. Can't wait to watch this one. Barboza, a grizzled veteran, spent years fighting the elite at 155 and having success against said elite. Later in his career, cuts his weight down, moves to 145, has similar success, but now at 37 enters this fight, having faced elite competition, but also having the attrition of 12 years of mixed martial arts wars. The weight cut, I believe, has to be a factor for Barboza at this age. His speed, his precision, and his movement seem to not have waned a bit. And in the first three rounds of this fight, I don't expect them to. But this is a five-round fight. He's in with a guy seven years younger than him. And I think the key to Barboza is get out early and get it done early while we break down Yusuf for his part. Shirley is the younger man. He's absolutely the faster man, and he's the more powerful, explosive man. But he's giving away a vast amount of experience to Barboza and a little bit of size. Now, if you watch the face-offs today, Barboza is the longer guy, but Sudik is much thicker. And I'm telling you, this guy is a powder keg of TNT ready to go off. Yusuf opened 165, Barboza plus 145, and that's about where the line sits. Not a lot of movement here. Round five, I'm convinced Yusuf, off his loss to Arnold Allen, taking a couple fights since then, showing momentum, is finitely focused on this opportunity. And I think it's his youth, explosion, speed, quickness that are going to be the difference in this fight against 37-year-old Edson Barboza. But I think the key to Yusuf's fighting and the key to Yusuf's victory in this fight, should he win, will be the fact that he cannot front run with Barboza early. He's going to have to weather a storm, force Barboza into a fight, wrestle with him even, get him down, and force the 37-year-old to expend himself the first 15 minutes of this fight. In a five-round fight, if this fight hits round four, and I believe it does, I give Yusuf tremendous advantage. So round five, we have two releases. The first release, fight starts round four. That's a DraftKings prop. That's a plus 100 proposition. Again, I think this fight absolutely starts round four because Yusuf has to have it start round four, and he's going to have to come with a plan, and the plan's going to be to tax the old man and get him into round four. And he's going to have to use his intelligence for three rounds, and that's the gamble. Round five's straight wager. Fight starts round four plus 100, one unit to win one unit. Further, we're going to take a parlay, and we're going to use Sadiq Yusuf minus 165, and we're going to take him into a fight into Abu Dhabi next week. 
Magomed Ankalaev currently priced minus 340 in his battle against Johnny Walker. Hopefully, the Yusuf side comes in this week and allows us to break down Ankalaev as a plus 107 underdog next week, even though he's priced at minus 340. Round five parlay carried into next week. Yusuf, minus 165. Ankalaev, minus 340. One unit returns 1.07 units. There's five rounds of releases, one future bet going into next week. And with that, I'll ask everybody to forgive the terrible production because of my lack of internet connectivity up here. But hopefully it's the information that matters and we'll be back to a sharp delivery next week. Enjoy the fights and thanks for listening. Locked into Gamblue's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finicaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind the scenes access to the world of MMA. Want the best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network. This week's episode of Gamblue's Bout Business MMA podcast is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped has taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and show support for your favorite podcast today by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping on any order with the promo code LOU. That's 20% off plus free shipping with promo code LOU.